when I started out as a pastor uh, for the first nine years, my primary responsibilities were with children and families in the church I served. I oversaw all the programs and activities on Sunday mornings and during the summer and so on. And of course, there was one key item that I had to oversee, non-negotiable, the children's Christmas program. And over the years, as our children's program grew, so did our children's production that we're putting on this big musical each year. But whether we're doing something small or large, there's always the same problem. What do you do with the kids who show up the day of the production or show up a few weeks before we're putting it on and want to be involved? How do you include them? Right? Well, the answer is God gave children's pastors the greatest Christmas gift when he sent the angels to shepherds. Because with a simple bathrobe and a tea towel, or sometimes just a tea towel or just a bathrobe or a stick, you could transform any child into a shepherd and have them fit into the production. And you never can have too many shepherds in a production, can you? I mean, you could also have extra angels, but then you had to have the halo thing, otherwise it got awkward. So shepherds were the in thing. And uh, wow. What a saving grace that was. I can remember more than once. <laughs> Parents showing up, hey, oh, kids musical. Oh, my kids want to be in it. Who are you? Oh, we're new here, but we want to be in the musical. Great, come on. And we got an extra couple shepherds outfits. <laughs> and sure enough, they'd sit there and they'd smile and look awesome. And we'd have the biggest shepherd group ever. So I'm curious, how many of us have played a shepherd in the Christmas production at church or school at some point in your life? Yeah, I'm seeing quite a few hands. It's a noble role, a very noble role, and far more noble than the grandpa cat that I played in the first year of university at my church's Christmas play when they asked me to help out with the kids' production and didn't tell me I was going to be a cat. Oh, those were traumatic days. Anyways, uh, I suspect the shepherds that I suspect that the shepherds are part of the Christmas story for uh, a far greater purpose in helping out our children's Christmas programs, though that's not a bad sign effect. So what do we see when we think of the shepherds? Author Tim Keller writes in his book, a wonderful book called Hidden Christmas, the meaning of the shepherds has become merely sentimental. In our imaginations, they evoke lovely pastoral scenes and fluffy little lambs. The pretty images, however, are not why Luke included the shepherds in his gospel account. We're doing this sermon series called Do You See What I See? where we're looking at the different characters in the Christmas story from various perspectives and ultimately asking, how should we see these characters? What is God showing us in them and through them? And if I'm honest, when I was younger, I never gave the shepherds much thought other than they were lucky to see the angels. Like, I mean, what a great night that must have been. How about you? Did you ever stop to think, what are they like? Add in sheep. Where my growing up in the suburbs, I always pictured sheep as cute and nice, not dirty and smelly, not having a reputation of being less than intelligent, 
So at some point, I started digging more into who the shepherds were. And I don't believe it was an accident God chose shepherds to be visited by the angels. The shepherds were intentionally chosen because of who they were and how the world saw them. So how did the world see shepherds? The shepherds were not people who were educated or with social standing in the world around them. They were the people who were easy to dismiss. And we know what these people are like because they're all around us in the world. Do you remember the start of COVID when everything was locked down? And how people were all working from home? Except for some people. Our grocery store clerks. The people who pick up our garbage. All these different people that we took for granted were there working. When everybody else was told to go home and they said, well, we, they can't, you can't go home. All of a sudden we realized, wow, these people are a little more important and some of them even got an extra dollar an hour for a few months. That's the thanks we gave them as a culture. I remember during COVID, I just remember trying to go out of my way every time I saw them and say, thank you for being here. I appreciate your being here. And yet, I've fallen out of that. In fact, I suspect if I said it, I get weird looks now, like, what are you talking about? These were the people who didn't have huge social standing, were easy to dismiss. They're still in our society today. They've always been in society. And I'm not saying it's right. I want to be clear. But it's a reality of the world in which we live. And I want us to be aware of that. The shepherds were, in those days, the people, the, the people that were taken for granted and yet were needed every day. But in some level, they were looked down upon because they weren't as good as, or as educated as, or as powerful as. Religiously, they were seen as unclean. Economically, they were poor. Politically, they had next to no power. They were lowly and uneducated. Their witness was questionable. Their characters dismissed, and their knowledge laughed at. The shepherds were looked at with suspicion, yet in the same way, they were essential to the world around them. Somebody had to keep the flock safe, especially at night. Somebody had to do that important job. Someone had to feed them and lead the flocks, and yet the world dismissed them and looked down on them. They were completely devalued by others. Just like we do that with people in our world. The shepherds were no different than those who collect garbage, clean buildings, those who work in retail stores, and so on and so on. All these essential people we need serving in the world so we can do the things we want to do but we devalue and undervalue for the important work they provide. In short, the shepherds were at the bottom of the social scale in their world. And this is where God chose to make his arrival known. This is where God chose to announce the birth of Jesus, God incarnate. So how did the shepherds see themselves? The shepherds would have known how they were perceived. 
They knew the challenges they faced. So when the angels appeared, they were afraid. Now, I think we've seen already in the Christmas story that people are scared when angels just suddenly show up and say, hey, I want to talk to you. I've got good news. They always get afraid. But, and there's this natural fear, but there was other factors to their fear as well pertaining to where they were at in society. We know a census had been called. And we think of a census as a head count. But governments don't do head counts just to count heads, do they? They do head counts. Well, why do they do head counts? They do them because the more people you have, the more money you bring in through taxes. In some ways, censuses are more about accounting, an accounting of wealth than accounting of people, especially in the Roman Empire. The Roman government was ruthless, and they wanted their take. Somebody had to fund the war machine. So the shepherds lived in a state of fear and oppression from the government that more of their flocks would be taken, especially with the census happening. These shepherds were not just the bottom of the heap, but they're also now facing economic, economic exploitation by a tyrannical government. And one way to survive under oppressive regimes, regimes is not to get noticed. Working at night in the dark is a nice way to avoid attention. Well, until angels show up. Angelic visits are not exactly discreet experiences when done outside in the open featuring a whole host of angels. The shepherds would have probably been afraid of what could happen. And then the angel didn't just tell them about the Messiah, but said, here's where you're going to find the baby. Go visit the baby, essentially. That would have brought them terrors at first. They're being asked to visit the Messiah being announced by angels, and they were shepherds. This was a setup for rejection if ever there was one. Until the angel mentioned they'd find the baby in a manger. Not a governor's mansion, not a wealthy merchant's guest room, but a manger. This was their kind of baby. This was their kind of place. They were told essentially they'd find the baby in a peasant's home. Now, I know you think inn, there was no room in the inn, but that's really a bad translation. What it more likely means is in a traditional home, there is usually two rooms, a room for the people who live there and a guest room, and then inside the home, they actually had a place for their animals where they have the manger and that stuff, and the heat from the animals would actually help heat the house at night. It wasn't, I'm sure, the nicest smelling place. And the Greek really is more accurately probably interpreted as one of those places than an inn. And so they weren't sleeping in a barn. They're sleeping where the manger was. There wasn't a guest room. So they slept with the animals inside the house where there was room. And keep in mind, hospitality was a foundational rule in that culture. Especially when a pregnant woman was involved. So this makes more sense that it was chances are in a peasant's home not a, there was no room, there was no room in the guest room, so they slept with the animals, and were with the animals. But somebody made some space for them. So this was their kind of people. The shepherds were the least of these, and somehow, some way, this baby that had been born, this baby that was so important that angels announced the birth, 
and not just a angel, a host of angels, this baby was one of them. The world maybe overlooked them. Maybe the world ignored them, but it seems God didn't. So how did God see the shepherds? God saw a world in need of saving. But God sees the whole world. He saw the neediest. He saw those who were oppressed. He saw those who were controlled and dismissed. He saw those who suffered and those who were ignored. He saw those that the world despised. Instead of coming into the world as one of the powerful, as one of the elite or one of the rich, God sent his son into the world among the despised and poor and ignored. And in doing that, God created the wonderful scandal of Christmas. And this is the scandal. That Jesus came into the world, the Son of God, helpless as a newborn, and was put in a feeding trough for animals. This baby came into the world in a small area, far from the seat of earthly power, was born to a young couple where the mother became pregnant before she was married, and her husband wasn't necessarily the father. There were no major preparations made in the world for this baby's arrival, for this important baby. There was no festivities. There was no huge preparations. There was no worldly pomp and circumstance for this holy, divine baby. God identified with the world by coming into this world this way with oppressed, the poor, the homeless, and those who struggle. The one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords came into the world homeless and would quickly become a refugee as his family would flee to escape Herod. This is how God intentionally chose to enter the world. How many of you could say would be, that's your plan for your child? Clearly God sees something different than we do in our world. God saw those the world rejected, and he showed them that he cared for them. God saw people in need. He saw people who were oppressed, people who struggled, people who were looked down upon and rejected. And in the coming of Jesus, God came in the midst of the very people Jesus would minister to throughout his life. Why? Because the values of the world do not define the worth of a person in God's eyes. I want you to think about that. The values of our world do not define the worth of a person in God's eyes. Now think about ourselves. Who do we look down upon in this world? Who do we despise? Who do we reject? Who do we ignore? Who do we walk past? And can you tell me that you do that because that's the way God sees them? Or is it because of the way the world sees them? The reality is we live in the wealthiest part of the world. 
we are rich in the world's standards. Even in our struggles, we are rich. For most of us. It wasn't into the midst of our church community that this baby was born. If that baby was to be born in Regina, it'd be downtown in a rundown slum house, not in a suburban duplex or bungalow. Because the world's values do not determine their value in God's eyes. God sees things differently. God sees us far differently than the world does. God sees us as the one he loves, the one he created. God sees each and every one of us as people of value and worth. And God went to those who would praise him for what he had done, not those who would seek to control, to influence, or to overtake. He, would, he went to those who would listen to him, to those who needed him. So what should we see in these shepherds? What should we learn from them? I believe the shepherds show us something foundational about the Christmas message. Actually, about any message from God. The shepherds didn't hear this message and just go back to routine after encountering, encountering the angels. They didn't say, oh, that was nice. We'll put that in its box. We'll go on about our life. The shepherds had this incredible spiritual encounter with God's messengers, and they allowed it to change their lives. They didn't compartmentalize it. They continued forward with that message having changed them. And so what we see from the shepherds is what do you do when God speaks to you? What do you do when God calls you? What do you do when God is working in your life? What do you do when you hear the word of God? This is something we all need to be wrestling with daily. God speaks to us through the power of his Holy Spirit regularly if we're listening. Are we willing to listen? The shepherds listened, right? And then they see the angels, to hear the coast of angels. Wouldn't that have been majestic to be there for that? I would have loved that. I would have been a little freaked out. But it would have been cool in hindsight. How did the shepherds respond? Well, first they talked amongst themselves. We read in verse 15 of chapter 2 in Luke, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's get, go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, not a monumental conversation. I suspect there was more said back and forth like, whoa, did did you just see what I saw? This is crazy. This is incredible. Are, are we really supposed to go? Is the Messiah really in a manger? Like, <laughs> what do we do with the sheep? Okay, let's just go. Don't worry about the sheep. God calls us to go to the sheep. God will watch the flock. He's the great shepherd. They talked. 
about themselves. They didn't keep it to themselves. They shared what God had said and called them with one another. And that's something we're called to do in the community of faith, is to share with one another what God is saying to us, to seek affirmation and encouragement, to be accountable to each other, but also to celebrate together and to encourage each other as we hear God speaking to us. After that, they went to see the baby. And we read in verse 16. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. We know this part of the story, right? But they acted on the experience they had and did what they were called to do. They did the thing that God called them to do, no matter how hard or difficult it was, no matter what risk there was to themselves or what, what, what stumbling blocks there might have been or, oh, I, I, I can't leave the sheep. Oh, it's just not the right time. Oh, I, I don't smell good. I can't be around a baby. I'm so dirty. Or no mom is going to want a whole, whole bunch of shepherds coming in to uh, see her baby, which is probably true in most cases. They didn't make excuses. They did what God called them to do. That was their response. That was their faithful response. And then after that, they told others what happened. We read that in verse 17, when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They shared what they experienced with others. This was not something to keep to themselves. This was incredible. And who cares what people think of them? They didn't stop and say, oh, they're not going to believe me, or they think I'm going to be crazy. They're going to say, oh, it's just those shepherds making up stuff. They didn't worry about what other people in the world thought about them. They shared, here's what God's doing, people. This is amazing. We saw angels, plural. We saw a baby in a feeding trough. Cute, amazing, God's child. Pretty amazing. They told people what happened. They didn't hide it. They didn't worry about, well, the world thinks I'm crazy. The world looks on, oh, no, this is my own private little faith thing I'm going to keep to myself. Because that's what the world wants. They went and told people. So they talk amongst themselves. They do what God told them to do. And they tell others. And here's the result. Their experiences that night in the field weren't limited to the angel's appearance. And the appearance of the angels was not the most amazing thing to happen to the shepherds that night. How many people can say that they saw a choir of angels and that was only the second most exciting thing that happened to them that night? Because that night, they saw the Savior of the world, God incarnate, born of Mary, laying in a manger. And that is the most incredible miracle the world has ever known. That God came into the world for us to save us. For each and every one of us, no matter who we are. That is what we hold on to. That is what we celebrate. And the shepherds, got to see it. Why? Because the message God gave them with the angels transformed them and moved them to action in their life. 
They lived out what God called them to be and to do, and they got to see one of the greatest miracles of all time. They encountered God incarnate, Emmanuel in a manger. Their lives were changed, and as they went into the world, after encountering that baby, they told everyone. When we read in Scripture, now keep in mind, who's talking to these people? Lowest of the low, those who are discounted. Here's what we read. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I have a suspicion that what those people heard was more than just what the shepherds were saying to them. I've wondered if maybe God's spirit was at work in the midst of that as well too. I don't know. We don't see that there. But they were amazed. They weren't dismissive. They weren't laughing at the shepherds. They were amazed at what the shepherds were saying. God worked through those shepherds, the lowest of the low, and people were amazed. So may we be like the shepherds and move beyond our Sunday morning worship services, our MP3 music, our podcasts and our books, our right now media video series, all these things that we do to focus on God, but we can keep in a little box. And we move beyond that to sharing what God is doing with each other, to obeying what God calls us to do and be, and then may we tell others about what God is doing in our lives and in the world. Let's bow in prayer. Jesus, you came into the world as this baby. And even in that act, you brought about transformation and change. You changed the lives of those shepherds. Changed the lives of those who heard about things from the shepherds. But Lord, you're still changing our lives with that message. Challenging us. Help us, Lord, to see the people in the world we walk by as people that you love and value and not look at people and take them for granted because the world does. Help us not to prioritize the rich or the powerful, but to look after those who are poor and hungry and hurting. Help us to care for each person you put in our path. Help us to see your image as we are created in your image in each person around us. And recognize that Jesus came for them. And may we be faithful in sharing our faith and in loving our neighbor as ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen.